Well, good morning. It is so good seeing all of you guys. Welcome to family uh, service where we have our kids with us once a month. And just what a great opportunity uh, for them to sit with us and sing about Jesus, learn about Jesus. And then today we have a special service of, of practicing both ordinances, which is really all about Jesus. In communion, we remember Jesus. And in baptism, we celebrate what Jesus has done, that we are united with him. The old has gone and the new has come. And so if you have your Bible, Bibles, uh, let's turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2. Uh, kids, if you have your Bibles as well, maybe ask your mom uh, where to, or dad where to find it. It's going to be in the back of your Bible, so kind of close to the end. If you've gone uh, to Revelation, you're a little bit too far, okay? Uh, so maybe a couple books before um, Revelation, and as you try to find it, um, let me pray for us, and let's ask the Lord to, to help us understand and to learn and to listen uh, what He has to say to us. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you that you love us, that you care for us, um, Lord, that we are your people, and that you are our God, that you've made us your people, that you've adopted us into your family, Lord, and that you have spoken to us through your word. And so, Lord, can you give us ears to hear? Can you give us eyes to see? Can you give us a mind to understand? And Lord, can you take our hearts and soften it and transform it? Lord, can you address our fears and our hopes, the things we struggle with in life? Can you become more real to us as the service progress as we behold you in your word? And Lord, help us to walk out of here saying, what a wonderful Savior we have. And help us to be strong in you. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So in our text today, what we're going to do is I'm going to give you four challenges. So I've tried to make this, ser this sermon as simple as possible. So for kids, every uh, Sunday I speak to your parents. Um, and so today I get to speak to you once a month. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you four challenges. And I'm going to quiz you throughout the sermon of what is challenge one, what is challenge two, what is challenge three, and what is challenge four. So, so before we get to the challenges, every time we read the Bible, uh, we can't just pick up and read it, we kind of have to understand what's going on. Like who, who wrote this part of this letter? Who did it, they write it to? What's going on? And then once we have that information, then we can kind of figure out like what is Jesus trying to teach us through this text? So we know um, off the first chapter that Paul, he writes this letter, a, a really a deep personal letter to Timothy. And, and Timothy wasn't his actual son, but he saw Timothy as his spiritual son. And Paul actually is in jail. Um, they arrested him because he is a Christian and now he's waiting to be executed. And so he's really giving an urgent message to Timothy. Now, I find it really interesting if you think about it, out of all the last words that he can tell Timothy, because he's going to die soon, he is preoccupied with the gospel and he really reminds Timothy, who's a pastor, to remember the gospel. Now, in your mind, you're thinking, wait, I thought pastors knew the gospel. 
Yes, they do, but pastors have to be reminded of the gospel, and this is what Timothy, what Paul does. He reminds him of the gospel, and so last week, uh, Paul encouraged Timothy to guard the gospel, and we, we, we learned how do we guard the gospel? By not being ashamed of the gospel, by remembering the truths of the gospel, and by holding fast to the gospel, and so today, what we're going to learn is Paul's going to encourage Timothy to endure suffering for the gospel. Now, what does it mean to suffer for the gospel? Real quick, what it means to suffer for the gospel is that maybe uh, you don't have friends because of what you believe. Maybe your friends think you're weird because you believe in Jesus. See, here's the reality is the world does not like Jesus. The world hates Jesus. And every time you talk about Jesus... They're going to have that reaction of wanting nothing to do with you. And maybe it's not just friends, but it might even be family members. And the older you get, the more complicated it becomes. Following Jesus is not easy. Following Jesus involves that we are going to go through hard times, that we are going to have to suffer, which means we're going to experience difficulties. We might not have friends, or our friends that we thought were friends might leave us because of what we believe. And this is what happens in Timothy's life. Timothy was a pastor, and he was going through a very difficult time where people even in the church wanted nothing to do with him. And here is Paul, and he's encouraging Timothy, Timothy, I want you to endure suffering for the gospel. And so the question I want us to ask is, how do we endure suffering for the gospel? And this is where the four challenges comes in, okay? So how do we endure suffering for the gospel? Four challenges. Here's your first challenge if you're taking notes is this. And they're real simple, easy to remember. The first one is be strong in the gospel. How do we endure suffering for the gospel? Challenge number one is what? Be strong in the gospel. Let's look at verse one just so you can see I'm not making this stuff up. Verse 1 says this, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. If Timothy was going to remain faithful in the gospel, and if Timothy was going to endure suffering for the gospel, Timothy required strength. He required strength, but not his own strength, but rather the strength in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. In other words, what Paul is telling Timothy is, I want you to be strong in the gospel. So what does it mean to be strong in the gospel? Real simple, it means to abide. It means to depend. It means to cling on to Jesus and the truth of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for you every single day. Like notice that Paul doesn't tell Timothy, Timothy, I need you to be real strong. Timothy, I need you to be a big boy and pull up your pants. Timothy, I need you to take some dirt and rub, rub it on. No, he says to Timothy, Timothy, I need you to be strong, not in yourself, but in the grace that is found in Christ Jesus. In other words, the strength that Timothy gets is not in himself, but rather that is found in the enabling power because he's now one with Jesus Christ. And so if you are going to endure suffering for the gospel, you must be strong in the gospel. You must be strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ. 
And this is what we have to understand. Like, our strength is not in how long we've been a Christian. Our strength is not in uh, how much we know about the Bible. Our strength is not how much we do for Jesus or whether we're a pastor or not. Our strength in this very moment is only in the grace that can be found in Jesus Christ. He is the one that gives us strength. So if we want to be strong, we don't go to the gym. That's helpful physically. But to be strong spiritually, we are dependent on Jesus and who he is and what he's done for us. And here's the good news for for all of us. If you find yourself weak, in other words, you don't feel like you're very strong, you're a perfect candidate for God's strength. Strong people are not good candidates for God's strength. Weak people are. Because uh, Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, he says, So I take pleasure in weakness, insults, hardship, persecutions, and difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now for us it sounds strange because in our world, if you feel strong, you're strong. And yet the Bible says if you're feeling strong, you're weak. But if you're actually weak and you don't feel very strong, that is when you are strong. Why? Because you are the candidate for God's strength. God comes and strengthens the weak. He doesn't strengthen the strong because the strong looks at God and says, I don't need you. But the weak looks to God and say, yeah, I am weak. I need your strength. Strengthen me right now. And so, Timothy, be strong in the gospel. So what's our very first challenge? How do we endure suffering for the gospel? We need to be strong. Strong in ourselves? No, strong in the gospel. Your second challenge, if you're taking notes, is this. And again, real simple. Pass on the gospel. How do we endure suffering? We endure suffering by being strong in the gospel, and we endure suffering by passing on the gospel. Look, look at verse 2. He says, what you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So what's Paul t- telling Timothy? He says, Timothy, the message that you've heard from me, and by the way, I don't make up the message. I received this message from Jesus, and the message I've given to you is not a secret message that only you have heard, but rather a public message that many people have heard that they can even validate the truth. I want you to take this message and I want you to pass it on to faithful men, men who have good character and men who can take this message and teach others. Now remember for Timothy, Timothy was a pastor and basically he's telling Timothy, I want you to train up other pastors. And so why does, why does Paul want him to train up other pastors? Why does he want him to, to continue to teach other men, to teach others also? So that the message of Jesus can spread. Like if you really think about this, Paul wrote this letter 2,000 years ago in a jail cell, a hole in a Roman cell. And this message has endured for 2,000 years and has reached us in Southern Maryland. I guarantee you Southern Maryland was not on Paul's radar. And yet it has survived. 
and has reached us. How? Because of 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. Because this message that was entrusted to Paul has been entrusted to these men, and these men have been faithful in passing on the gospel from one generation to the other. Now, I don't think there are many of you that are pastors here, so how do we pass on the gospel? How do you pass on the gospel? Certainly, you, you have the responsibility, if you've heard the good news about Jesus, to share the good news of Jesus. So for, for parents, who do you share the good news with? For your children, to your spouse, to your coworkers, to your neighbors, kids, who do you share the good news with? Your brother, your sister, your friends. So you're like, okay, well, how does sharing the good news help me to endure suffering? Because... You just told me that sometimes when I, I'm going to suffer for the gospel is when I tell people about Jesus and they're going to make fun of me or they want nothing to do with me. So that was, how, how does that help me? That kind of creates suffering. Yes, it does. But it also helps you to endure suffering because here's what happens. Every time you share the gospel, what are you doing? As you're sharing the gospel with somebody, you're reminding yourself of these gospel truths. You grow in your understanding of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for you. You actually grow in your appreciation of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. And then you remember it. It's like if you receive new information and you just hold it on to yourself... That information becomes useless, but when you take that information and you constantly share it and you pass it on, now you grow in your understanding of this information. And that's what happens with the gospel, that when we hear the gospel, when we share the gospel, we grow in our understanding of the gospel and our appreciation of the gospel, and we remember the gospel. So how do we endure suffering? What's challenge number one? Be strong in the gospel. Challenge number two. Pass on the gospel. Kids, who do you pass the gospel on to? No, about Jesus, but to who? To your friends, to your brothers, to your sisters. How about your mom and dad? How about pops? How about grandma? Whatever you want to call her. How about your cousins? Pass on the gospel. The third challenge, if you're taking notes, is this. Endure for the gospel. We have to endure for the gospel. What does it mean to endure? It's actually a hard concept, but to endure means to continue when things get hard, to not give up. And what Paul is going to do is he's going to give us three examples of what it looks like to endure. Uh, let's look at verse, verse 3. We're going to go back, look at 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. Paul says this, share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in the concerns of civilian life. He seeks to please the commanding officer. Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he's not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer ought to be the first to get a share of the crops. Consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. So when Paul is telling Timothy to endure for the gospel, he gives us three examples. The examples of a soldier, the examples of an athlete, and the examples of a farmer. 
Okay, so kids, out of the three examples, raise your hand if you, if you have to pick out of the three, which one do you want to be? Who wants to be a soldier? Okay, no, nobody. Who wants to be an athlete? Okay, who wants to be a farmer? You want to be a farmer? Good for you. I don't think anybody was going to be a farmer. I'm like thinking athlete, that's everybody, soldier, a few, farmer, nobody. But, but what's Paul doing by taking those examples? What is he communicating to us, okay? So think about a soldier that is a dedicated soldier. Now, Paul knew everything about Roman soldiers because guess what? As he was writing the letter, he looked up and who was standing right next to him? A Roman soldier. And one of the things that Paul noticed was how dedicated these soldiers were. They were so dedicated to the mission that was given to them, and their entire lives revolved around pleasing their commanding officer. You see, their commanding officer gives them the orders, and they receive the mission, and their job is to be so dedicated in executing this mission. In other words, Paul says they don't get distracted by civilian life. In other words, they don't get distracted by what other people get distracted by that are not soldiers. They stay laser focused. So by Paul using this illustration, he's telling Timothy, Timothy, I want you to endure in the gospel. And the reason you endure for it is you remain laser focused on the mission. You don't get distracted by, by the little things. Your main job is to please who? The commanding officer. And who's Timothy's commanding officer? Jesus. That's his main mission. Remain dedicated. Fight the good fight of the faith. Because here's a reason why a soldier is so committed to the mission. Because a soldier understands that he is in a war. And if the soldier does not, uh, if he's not dedicated to the mission, and if he doesn't do his job, what happens? People could die. The mission might fail, and you might lose the war. And for us as Christians, we don't want to admit it, and we don't like to talk about it, but here's the reality. We are at war. And who do we war against? Ourselves. The sin that lives inside of us. Our spiritual adversary, the devil, he is a roaring lion and he wants to devour us. He wants to destroy you. And if you do not put on the full armor of God, if you don't fight the good fight of the faith, if you're not laser focused on the mission, you might lose. Be dedicated. Endure. The second example is that of an athlete. I don't think Paul had any sports in mind, like football and basketball didn't exist at the time. Maybe track and field, maybe that's what he was thinking. But Paul is saying when an athlete competes, they compete according to the rules. In other words, they obey the rules. Because what happens if you compete in a sport and you break the rules? You get disqualified, or a flag is thrown, or a foul is called. In some sports, you get the yellow card or the red card, which means you're out of the game. You can't compete anymore. And so what's the point that Paul's trying to make to Timothy? There are no shortcuts when it comes to winning. You see, everybody wants to be an athlete, but nobody wants to put in the work of an athlete. Nobody wants to devote and commit their time to putting in the hard work of sweat and blood and tears to compete at the highest level. Everybody wants it, but we want it the easy way. And Paul's point is, when it comes to the Christian walk, 
There's no such thing as an easy way. There's no shortcuts. We need to put in the work. We need to compete. And we compete according to God's standards, not our own. But here's what we have to understand. You're not competing so that you can make it to heaven. You're competing because of what Jesus has already done for you. You are in heaven. And what you're competing for, according to God's standards, is so that God looks at you and say, well done, my, faith, my good and faithful servant. And so he tells Timothy, Timothy, I want you to be a dedicated soldier. I want you to be a disciplined athlete. The third example is the example of a farmer, hardworking farmer. There's a little boy that said, I want to be a farmer. Here's the reality of a farmer. You work every day. It's not glamorous work. You wake up, you work. When you're done with your work, you go to bed, and guess what? Your work never ends. It's not like a nine-to-five job where you walk away from your work and you say, ha, ah, I'm finally done. Because after you've plowed the fields, after you've sown, you sit, you wait, you do a bunch of other things, and then it's harvest time. And once harvest time is over, what happens? You do it all over again. In other words, the, the, the point by using this illustration to Timothy, he says, your work might not be glamorous and your work will never end, but just like a farmer who keeps on plowing, so you need to keep on plowing. Keep on working hard. And the good news is you get to share in the crop just like a farmer enjoys some of the share of his crop. So you get to enjoy a little bit of that crop as well. Now, some of the kids and some of the adults don't understand the example. And here's what gives me peace. Paul gives Timothy, says, hey, here's the examples. Here's how you endure suffering with the gospel. And then he says, look at verse 7. What a great promise. He says in verse 7, consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Like what a wonderful promise here. Like you might not understand everything that I have to say, but the Lord will give you understanding in everything. You might not understand the, the, the illustration of how a soldier looks in your life or an athlete looks in your life or a farmer looks in your life. You don't really know what it means right now. But the good news is the promise we have is God will give you understanding and everything. And so for us, how do we endure uh, for the gospel by being dedicated, by being disciplined, by being hardworking in the Word of God, because in the Word, God makes Himself known, and we get to know Him, we get to understand Him, we get to see who He is, we get to experience Him, and to study the Word of God is, takes hard work. It's dedicated work. It's disciplined work. There's no shortcuts. Like People come to me all the time and say, can you just give me the Cliff Note version of the Bible? I can, but guess what? You're going to get cliff note results. There's no shortcuts. It's hard work. How do you endure for the gospel? It's hard work. You've got to keep at it. Um, so how do we endure suffering for the gospel? The first one, what's the first challenge? Be strong in the gospel. Second one, pass it on. Third one, Endure. What was the three examples that Paul gave us? A dedicated soldier, a disciplined athlete. Anybody understand? Don't worry, God will give you understanding. All right, let me move on. Here, here's the fourth challenge. The fourth challenge is the easiest. Remember 
Jesus Christ. Remember Jesus Christ. Look at verse 8. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, descended from David according to my gospel, for which I suffer to the point of being bound like a criminal, but the word of God is not bound. This is why I endure all things for the elect, so that they also may obtain salvation, which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Now, Timothy is a pastor. And what does Paul tell Timothy to do? Remember Jesus Christ. Now, you're thinking, that's kind of strange that he tells a pastor whose life revolves around teaching people about Jesus to remember Jesus. Why would he say that? Because here's the reality. All of us are quick to forget of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for us. We see it in the Bible time. Remember when God took the Israelites out of Egypt, that they listened to God and obey God's commands? No. They say, this God is not good. We want to go back to Egypt because it's better to live as a slave than to follow God. And you're reading the story and you're thinking, what's wrong with them? How could they forget? And the reality it is, it's not just they that are quick to forget. We are quick to forget because mom and dad tells you don't hit your brother and sister and what do you do? Go clean your room and what do you do? Do you know that you should clean your room? Yes, but you end up not doing it. Why? Because you're quick to forget. You get distracted by the things of this world. And Paul tells Timothy, I want you to remember Jesus. I want you to remember of who Jesus is. He was risen from the dead. He comes from David. The work that Jesus has accomplished for you, he took on all of your sins and paid for you in full so that you don't have to pay for your own sins. And when he died, God raised him from the dead and he is no longer dead, but he is sitting at the right hand of the Father. And so when you feel like your tank is empty and you feel discouraged in life, you need to remember that the tomb is not empty and that the throne room is occupied. And Paul says this, when I remember Jesus, the gospel I'm telling you about, the one I'm suffering for even though I find myself in jail. In other words, this, this, this message that Paul is telling people about is not just a, a, a message of religion. But it's a message that he himself has experienced, that his life has been transformed forever, so much so that he's willing to suffer in telling people about the message. And I know for some of you are saying, well, there's religious nuts that die all the time for what they believe in. And I would agree with you, but why do they die? So that they could personally gain salvation. But Paul is not dying so that he can personally gain salvation because he's already received salvation. He is dying so that others would receive this very salvation that he himself has experienced. And Paul says this, uh, look at, look at uh, verse, verse 9. He says, even though I am suffering and I am bound like a criminal, the word of God is not bound. In other words, you can shut up the messenger. You cannot lock up the message. It will continue to spread. Like what good news is that for us? 
that in our suffering and people want to say, be quiet, you're not allowed to talk about this. They can tell you that all day long, but guess what's going to happen to the message? It is going to continue because no one can take that message away. They can take you away, but they cannot take the message away. And that's supposed to encourage us. That's what encouraged Paul while he found himself in jail. And and Paul says this, this is why I'm enduring. In verse 10, he says, I endure all things for the elect so that they may also obtain salvation. He's not enduring for himself. He's not enduring so that he can receive the reward. No, he already has it. He's enduring so that those who God have chosen for himself will hear the message, their lives will be transformed, and they may obtain salvation also. Paul ends with a hymn, and we're almost done here. You guys are doing so good. Look at verse 11. He says, This saying is trustworthy. For if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. So this is a hymn that's broken up in two parts. The first part are those who endure and suffer faithfully. The second part is those who are unfaithful. The first part is meant to encourage us. The second part is meant to be a warning. So here's the encouraging part. Look at verse 11 again. It says, For if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. This sounds very similar to what Jesus says in Mark 8, verse 35. He says, Whoever wants to save his life must lose it. But whoever loses his life because of me will will save it. The life of a Christian, if you follow Jesus, requires you to die to self. It requires you to lose yourself, to pick up your cross, and to follow. That's the Christian life. It's not easy. It is a very difficult life. It is a life that calls for endurance and the life that's called for suffering. You're like, I I thought this was supposed to be encouraging. Yes, here's the encouraging part. It's this. For if we died with him, we will also what? We will live with him. If we endure, we will also reign. In other words, here's the encouraging part. The hardship, the suffering, and the endurance is only momentary. It's limited. And the promise is that if you endure, you will live and reign with him. In other words, there's a limit for how much you're going to suffer. It's going to come to an end. So remain faithful. Endure for the gospel because one day you get to live with Jesus. One day you will get to reign with Jesus. The second part is meant to warn us. Look at the second part of verse 12. It says that if we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless... He remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Again, this echoes Jesus' teaching in Matthew 10, 33. It says, but whoever denies me before men, I will also deny him before my, my Father in heaven. What does it mean to deny Jesus? What it means to deny Jesus, if you continue in faithlessness, 
and you continue in your rejection of him, God remains faithful. You're like, that's kind of weird. What does that mean? You see, God is faithful, and not just in keeping all of his promises. And some of those promises is promises of blessings, and some of those promises is promises of judgment. God is both merciful and God is just. And what it's supposed to do, it's supposed to warn us that if we continue down this path of rejecting him, God is faithful in executing his just judgment. And we need to read this warning in light of the encouragement. So when you feel like giving up, when you feel like denying Jesus because life is too hard, remind yourself of the promise that is waiting for you that is only for a moment, that you will live with him and you will reign with him. Do not fall into the trap of picking the easy way out because in the long term, the easy way out, the shortcut, is very detrimental. And that's the point that Paul's making. So, so what's the application here? What do we learn? Following Jesus, is it easy or difficult? Difficult. It will require suffering. How do we endure suffering? What's the first challenge? We need to be strong in the gospel. We need to pass on the gospel. We need to endure for the gospel. And what's the last one? We need to remember Jesus. Remember Jesus. He's conquered our enemies. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and He is the one who gives us grace to endure hardship. Remember Jesus. The reason why we can live with Him and the reason why we can endure and reign with Him is because of what Jesus has accomplished. He lived the life we could not live, and He died the death all of us were supposed to die. And because of what He has done, and we now become one with Him, we get to live with Him. We get to reign with Him for all eternity, which means this time here on earth is short. This time here on earth is hard. But it's temporary because life with Jesus is eternal. And one day, our faith will no longer be needed because we will see Jesus. And if we've endured faithfully to the end, may we all hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. So let's before we get to communion, let's all ask Jesus to help us to endure suffering. Help us to remain faithful, to, to be strong in him, to tell others about him. Ask the Lord to help us to endure and to never forget him, but to remember him. Let's ask Jesus to do that for us. Lord, we thank you for your word. Can you help us to, to follow you can you help us to endure suffering for you? Lord, help us to be strong in you, to know that the strength doesn't come from ourselves, but it comes from you. Lord, help us to, to tell others about you. Help us to be like a, a dedicated soldier, a disciplined athlete, a hardworking farmer that endure for you. Lord, and help us to never forget who you are and what you have done for us. 
and help us to cling to the promise that you are going to strengthen us, you're going to give us understanding, and one day we will live with you, and we will also reign with you for all eternity. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.